Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Well, good to see everybody's faces today. Welcome to Revolution. Um, all our online listeners, welcome to you too as well. I'd like to thank all the folks online who've been supporting this church. Uh, past few weeks have really been helpful, so thank you so much for your support. Um, as some of you know, I'm going through a divorce. Some of you don't. <laughs> um, uh, it is just tough. You know, I got kids and we've, we've got kids and, and, uh, it's really heartbreaking. My heart is really broken right now. So any positive thoughts or prayers appreciated. <laughs> um, I've always been very transparent in my job and what I do. So I think it's important because I think we all go through rough times. And uh, I'm there right now. <clears throat> uh, thank God for the friends I have. I talked to my best friend Pete Rollins this morning for about an hour and he really was encouraging um so I really want to keep doing revolution. I love this job and I love this ministry. And I hope in the next few months to expand it and do more. Um cuz I believe in it. I believe it's going to look differently and maybe you know, my faith is definitely evolving. It's definitely not a traditional faith like it used to be. Um, uh, yesterday, maybe it was, I screamed out to God and asked God where God was, and I did not get an answer. Um, so I'm a little pissed off at God right now. <laughs> so... If you've come to a church where you don't want to hear honesty, <laughs> I can recommend a lot of places in town or where they have filters. But um, I don't have time for filters right now. I just got to be me. Yeah, that's what my mom used to. My mom had a book called that. I got to be me. Um and I miss her greatly because she was my rock who I leaned on. And um, when I was going through this type of stuff, going through hard times, she was there for me and always pushing. And uh, I desperately miss that. 
also this week, 2020, did a 30-year retrospective on my parents and the scandal and brought all that stuff back up and then brought up all the stuff about my dad and his um, buckets that he sells for the end times and how he's very pro-Donald Trump and all that stuff. And it's very different. In, in, in other news, I talked to him on his birthday, which was January 2nd, and we had a decent conversation and are trying to have a conversation. I've got this new thing where I think we don't have to use each other as scapegoats and demonize each other. Um, I think we're able to, we should be able to see each other as maybe as victims of misinformation as Dr. King talked about and still love one another. I got a lot of people who post stuff that drive me crazy on my Facebook, you know, but they also have a crazy amount of love for me and they've been like family to me. And sometimes love doesn't keep a record of when it's been wronged. I talked about that last week. And uh, I think love can confront and have conversations. And I think that's vitally important. Um, But life is too hard to constantly try to always have a bad guy, someone to blame. Because we're all human beings living in this human experience trying to make it one day at a time. And some of us are just very confused. And some of us have taken bad roads that have led to bad places that hurt a lot of people and are very close-minded, but a lot of that's out of fear, you know. Um, seeing my marriage fall apart, I see how different I am than my wife and and uh, it's just we're different. There's still love there, but it just doesn't work because it's we handle so many things differently. Trying to find room for that. Those are my opening statements. Um, Galatians 3. It's pretty good here. 4 gets a little boring. I'll have to deal with that next week. I go through Galatians the beginning of every year. It's my favorite book in the Bible. Um, But there's even some boring parts to it. So maybe we'll try some radical new ways to get through it. (laughs) But I do like this um, up to speed because a lot of you haven't been here. Um, Paul has written this letter to the Galatians because he is upset that they're going back to the law. And so he's a bit rebuking. He's also a bit posturing, being like, hey, 
Jesus approves of my message. The disciples approve of my message. Matter of fact, they approve of my message so much that I've rebuked them. Like we just went through a whole thing where he rebuked Peter for not eating with Gentiles. So he's showing that he has some power and some cred. Um, Paul may have been a little bit insecure, uh, I think, because sometimes he really has to prove himself. But he also talks a lot about grace in this book, and it's really beautiful. And I really discovered a lot about grace going through the book of Galatians. And grace is my thing. If, you know, anybody ever said I had a message, it would be grace. And um, grace is my thing. Galatians 3, 1. O foolish Galatians, what magician has cast an evil spell on you? For you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I had shown you on a signboard with a picture. So he's pretty clear here. (laughs) And he's pretty upset at the Galatians. And he's calling them fools. And he's basically saying, how have you forgotten all this beautiful stuff that we talked about? Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed in the message you heard about Christ. Have you lost your senses after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Group of Judaizers is what was called. This group of religious leaders were called Judaizers and who had come into town and were making the fuss saying, you've got to follow the law. You've got to go back to the old way. You've got to do this. You've got to be involved in tradition. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to obey certain holidays. And, and you've got to do all this stuff. And people were falling into it. Because often sacrifice, you know, Jesus says, I, don't, I, I want your love. I don't want your sacrifice. <laughs> but often sacrifice seems to make sense. Doing seems to make sense in order to earn love. We do things for people we love. And in a lot of ways, God's saying, I don't need you to do anything. You don't have to do anything for my love. My love is love. I am love. Period. You know, but people coming, oh, kind of. But it really helps if you do A, B, C, or D, or you don't do A, B, C, or D. And then, you know, God's love is a little bit better. Or you're a little bit more approved. Or the people at church at least think you're a little bit better. So we try to impress one another with our holiness. Holiness has become this type of thing where it's just a show. You know, if we really want holiness, you don't really wear it on your sleeve. You do it through love.
taking care of the less fortunate, welcoming the stranger, forgiving one another's faults. The road less traveled, which is a tough road to take. It's hard to forgive your enemies. It's hard to forgive those who persecute you. Sometimes it's hardest to forgive those who you love the most when they hurt you. Sometimes it's hard to forgive yourself and accept grace for yourself. That's a tough one for me sometimes because I grew up thinking I was worthless. I'm dealing in therapy right now um, with the idea that I'm not trying to convince myself that I'm not worthless and trying to convince myself that I'm not no good. But that's a mindset I have from a very young age. I'm trying to work through that. And Grace tells me I'm okay. I can accept that I'm accepted. You know? But sometimes I lose that vision and I go back to trying to become perfect by my own human efforts. And I try to become a people pleaser. And... uh that's what a lot of these people were doing, and Paul was not happy about it. Paul says, You have suffered so much for the good news. Surely it was not in vain, was it? Are you now just going to throw it all away? I mean, Paul is so clear here. He's saying, If you go back to works, if you go back to trying to do all these things, you're just throwing it away. You know? The one debt we don't ever repay is the debt of love if we want works in our life if you're looking for works love is that compassion is that which manifests from grace you love because you were loved that's what I've experienced but I've also found that I have to constantly remind myself of all that Sorry, I don't know why people keep texting me during church. Um, let's go on a little further. Maybe we won't make it through all of three today. It's a bit. It's a bit long. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles amongst you because you obey the law of Moses? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Let me be honest with you. Sometimes I struggle with believing even that message. It's tough. when you're going through hell. Um, In the same way Abraham believed 
God, so God declared him righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are all those who put their faith in God. Because what was happening was is the Judaizers were coming and saying, we're the real children of Abraham. If you want to be a child of Abraham, you have to do A, B, C, or D. And Paul is coming along saying, no. It is about your faith. It is about your love. It is about grace. The children of Abraham then are all those who put their faith in God. What more the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would accept the Gentiles too on the basis of their faith. God promised this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. And so it is, all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey these commandments that are written in God's book of law. And this means all the commandments, you know, because it was the, that was it. It was like all or nothing. You know, it wasn't just a few here and a few there, like these folks who were coming in to, to the Gentiles saying, well, just, you know, do this one and do this one and do this one and do this one. You know, and Paul's saying, no, they have to do it all. There's no way you can do it all. There's no way to add up to this. It doesn't work. Which is pretty amazing that we're looking at the Old Testament law and we're looking at the Old Testament and Paul's coming along saying, who was, who was a Pharisee and an expert of the Old Testament, saying, it doesn't work. It makes you rethink how we see the Old Testament with the angry, violent, mean God. It didn't work. Now, did God change his mind because it didn't work? I don't think so. I think what we have is men's interpretations of ideas of what God wanted and what they thought God was. And what happens is, is that wasn't there, so we had to have Jesus come along to say, this is what I'm talking about. It's not this. I don't want you crushing babies' heads against rocks. I don't need you cutting your foreskin. I don't need you not eating this in order to prove that you love me. That's hard for a lot of us to accept because we want to be like, it's all true or it's not true. You know? I mean, I believe there's books in the New Testament that should be ripped out and burned. Just to be honest with you, because I think they're, um, I believe the pastoral epistles are kind of garbage, to be honest with you. A lot of people have a hard time with that, but I've read research papers and studied them and done a lot of things over the past life of mine and seen that those books weren't written to me. Those books were not written by Paul. It sets up a law, the law again. Someone who tears down the law, then all of a sudden resets up a law. It doesn't make much sense. I don't do this because I want to be progressive or edgy or crazy. I don't. That's the least of all. I don't need that pain. I say this because I believe there's a good news in this book that we can find and that we can hold on to and that we can make us better lovers of one another.
What more the scriptures looked forward to this day when God would accept the Gentiles too on the base of their faith. God promised this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. And so it is, all who put their faith in Christ share in the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Oh yeah, we already read all that. I'm going to jump down to 11. Consequently, it is clear that no one can ever be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that the righteous person has life. How different from the way of faith is the way of the law, which says if you wish to find life obeying the law, you must obey all of its commands. But Christ has rescued us from this curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoings. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through the work of Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. And we Christians received that promise, the Holy Spirit, through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set us... No one can set aside and amend a revocable agreement. So it is in this case. God gave the promise to Abraham and his child. And notice that it does not say the promise was for his children as it is meant to descend descendants, but the promise was to his child and that it, of course, means Christ. This is what I'm trying to say. And this is really good right here. <clears throat> this agreement... God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise for it is the inheritance could be received only by keeping the law then it would not be the result of acceptance of God's promise. But God gave it to Abraham as a promise. Well then, why was the law given? It was given to show people how guilty they are. But the system of the law was to last only until the coming child to whom God's promise was made. And there is this further difference. God gave his law to angels to give to Moses, who was mediator between God and people. Now a mediator is needed if two people enter into an agreement. But God acted on his own, when he made his promise to Abraham. Well then, is there conflict between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. If the law could have been given us new life, we could have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures have declared that we are all prisoners of sin. So the only way to receive God's promise is to believe in Jesus Christ. Until faith in Christ was shown to us, As the way of becoming right with God, we were guarded by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until we could put our faith in the coming Savior. I guess we'll get through three. (laughs) Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian and teacher to lead us until Christ came. So now through faith in Christ, we are made right with God. But now that faith in Christ has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. So you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all have been united with Christ in baptism, have been made like him. Oh, 
my favorite part. I didn't even realize my favorite part was here. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. I have a lot of favorite parts in Galatians, but this is one of them. I'm sure next week I'll say, oh, my other favorite part. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. Are you ready? I want you to open your heart and your minds for this one. I want you to hear it loud and clear. I really do. This is coming from a very broken pastor today who believes this part, really believes this part. I may be doubting God right now. I may be struggling with my faith. I may be wrestling with the angel. But I really do believe this part right here. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one. For you are all Christians. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are two children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And now all promise God given to him belongs to you. I'm an inclusionist. Um, what's another word for inclusionist? A Christian, yes. <laughs> Christian. Um, uh, what was the word I was looking for? It's the controversial one where you don't believe in hell and you believe everybody's going to heaven. Universalist. I'm very universalist sometimes. I don't believe in hell. <clears throat> I believe that hell's here, not. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, look at kids' lives overseas. Look at kids starving in foreign countries. Look at people who are being raped and killed every day. Look at people who are dying from AIDS when they can't get the right medication that they need. Um, watch the news. People are in hell every day. And we just sit back and watch. Which kind of puts us in our own private hell. Pain is pain also. Suffering is suffering. But that's a beautiful verse here that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. These people found their worth in being Jewish or Gentile or slave or free. You know, you were, it was a hierarchy and there's no more hierarchy in this. There's no more gender in this. You know, that's the radical part of this faith. Is that we don't have a hierarchy. Paul earlier in Galatians says, I'm no res God is no respecter of men. There's no favorites. I'm not God's favorite because I'm sitting up on a stage with a microphone. You know? 
if that was the case, then God would be really digging Joel Olstein and Franklin Graham and all those guys, you know, and my dad who's supporting Trump, who all these guys who have these huge audiences and everything, if that was it, you know, oh, these must be, these must be the right people, and you guys are in the wrong damn room because there's only about 12 of us, not even 12, I can't, I can't count, but there's not 10 of us in here probably right now. Does that make sense? But where two or three are gathered together in my name. So, and, and man, uh, I spent an hour on the phone this morning with my buddy Pete Rollins, and if you think I'm radical, I'm not even close to radical. <laughs> okay? This guy talks about stuff I can't even comprehend. <laughs> You know, calls himself a Christian atheist. I don't know what that means still, and he's been my best friend for almost 10 years. That's, that, that is today's talk. I hope you got something out of it. I at least hope you feel grace. And you don't feel less than. And uh, maybe able to carry a little bit of share in my suffering today. I don't know when I'm going to be a healed preacher again. I hope sooner than later, because I'll be honest with you, a little bit tired of the pain. But uh, unfortunately, time <laughs> is the great healer. And then sometimes life just shows up again kicks you down life's just tough and uh, that's why we need things like love and grace and compassion you know it's important we need each other Uh, we we uh, who do I love when I love my God I love my neighbor And uh, that's a gift for us to have that and to know that. Because there are many people out there who don't. Who don't know how to offer up compassion. Who just want to live a healthy life, a wealthy life, and just move forward and not think about others. So it is a gift to have compassion. It is a gift to have empathy. It is a gift to have love. And I hope we all may find that. Thank you. I'm going to pray and then pass the hat. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And uh, I hope beyond hope that you are there in hearing this. Because I could use your help, and I think we all could use your help and your support in this journey. Um, Help us to love others and see the need, and show us how to meet that need. Show us how the street speak truth to power in a graceful, loving, compassionate, powerful way.
May we change hearts through love. Amen. Um, Revolution is a nonprofit. It exists uh, based on donations. So if you're listening online and you'd like to help support Revolution, you can go to revolutionchurch.com, donate there. You can go to our Facebook page. It took me about 10 years to figure out how to put up that uh, donation button on the Facebook page. (laughs) So feel free to go there and use that. Hopefully it works. (laughs) I should test it out again. Um, I think it works. Um, and also what I'm going to do right now is, uh, Caleb, if you don't mind coming up here, I'm going to pass the hat and uh, if you can give great, as always, we'd much rather have you than your money. So don't worry about that, but if you can support and you appreciate our work, um, it's great. Uh, it's grateful because we want to, I'd like to, I'd like to get a new website up. I'd like to pay the rent being here (laughs) is nice um i'd like to do a few more things because we're we're in desperate need of if we're going to move forward and grow a little bit more we're going to have to think about a budget that's the thing i hate raising money but it takes money to run these things especially when there was just a expose on my parents and all their fundraising shenanigans um but you know it is what it is. So thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, this is Revolution Church. A post-Christian production.